Hello, and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. My name is Abraham Chen. I'm with my co-host, David Ruffemeyer. David, with what we're talking about today, I want to throw this out. We first met in person, I believe, at Capstone. That's the in-person event for our leadership courses. Is that correct? Yeah, that was back in 2018. So a little over four years ago, we actually first met in person. Yeah. Yes, yeah, something like that. And and I bring that up just to mention how I think we knew about each other beforehand, but it was a very mm-hmm. uh, interesting and, and to me, um, meaningful thing where we were able to, to meet in person. And of course, it was an event. It was uh, a student function, but being able to continue to connect throughout the years because we were unbounders and we were friends. Uh, to this day, here we are sitting together recording a podcast. So That's <laughs> on right. that note of building relationships, tell us a bit about what we're talking about today with the talks team. Yes. So uh, in the second episode of the talk series, uh, we want to to cover something that is talked about a lot in uh, the professional world and especially uh, in sort of like the college experience traditionally, which is networking. Networking is something that uh, so many people will tell you is the key to success in the professional world and is extremely important in uh, especially your college years. And we we also think that connecting with others is extremely important, but we have a different approach to what most people typically refer to as networking. And that is the topic of our episode today. So if you want to hear about the unbound version of networking, then you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. Yes, this is truly a very important and I think one of the best conversations we've had on Talks. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Well, I am once again very excited to dive into another conversation here with the three of you. And this episode, we are going to be talking a lot about something that pretty much I think every college student, every uh, high school senior has heard something about to an extent, and that is networking and how it's so valuable. And a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on it. And so, Jonathan, to start off, I'd like to kind of set the stage and hear from you on uh, what Unbound thinks about networking and how we view it a little bit differently than probably a lot of other institutions and people do. I'm sort of smiling. We're all smiling a little bit here because we just had, before we started rolling this, we had a, an interesting debate about this and we're talking about some different things. And uh, also we're just talking about some of our own network here and some of the week that we've had as we were recording this session. And um, so, so we're kind of smiling because there is, there, there's a, there's a kind of reaction that we want to have here uh, that is a little over the top, but I think is probably warranted. And uh, so, so you're right, David. People talk about networking all the time. They talk about the opportunity to join a network. Uh, they they say how important networking is. Um, frankly, I'm to the point that I despise the word. I, I don't believe in networking. <laughs> I don't want to participate in networking. I don't want to teach anybody how to network. Um, I don't want to offer any networking. And I want to say, uh, you know, if you ever find yourself in a networking event, find the closest exit and flee. Um, and so the reason that we're saying it that way is that here's what I believe in instead. I believe in relationships and I believe in community. 
And I don't think that you're likely to get very far in life, period, let alone professionally, if you don't have great relationships and community. And if you think you're going to make it without that, uh, you might make it for a short amount of time. Uh, and I will even say in a fallen world, you might be successful in the sense that you become rich, famous, or powerful, but you won't like where you end up, right? I mean, ultimately, there's going to be a grand emptiness there that you're not going to be able to fill no matter how much power, wealth, um, or fame you accumulate. Uh, and so, with that in mind, you can network. You might even be able to network your way to the top, but I don't think you're going to like what you find when you get there. Um, however, if you're willing to go about it a little bit differently, if you're willing to build relationships and that collection of relationships end up being a community, so you build community, um, and you think of it in those terms, um, first of all, I think that's the way you become successful when you are able to get things done. Uh, secondly, it may be possibly a slower process. I don't know, mate. I don't know if it's slower or not, uh, but I can say with a great amount of certainty that wherever you arrive, you'll like it a lot better. Uh, so, a little bit of a different perspective there in terms of, yeah, not interested in networking. We are convinced that a community and relationships are essential to whatever you do in life. So Jonathan, maybe maybe define what you think the difference is between networking and relationships and community, just so that we're all on the same page here and that we don't think that you're just preferring one word or term over another. So what what is it about the, the term networking that you really reject and what is it about relationships and community that you think is different that you really prefer over that? Yeah, I think that the networking, the way it's used uh, in the most common understanding is that it is a, uh, a realization that you need to know people in order to get things done, right? And so networking then is a deliberate act of building your contacts, of building your Rolodex, to use a really old-fashioned term, of building your contact list um, and your connections, uh, but for the sole function of advancing your career. Uh, so, you know, it's about meeting the people who can help you along the way, the people that can, you know, enhance your career, provide access, provide opportunity, provide jobs, provide whatever, right? Um, and, I, you know, fundamentally, I agree that that is the case, but a relationship and a community is something different. A relationship is is absolutely a two-way street. It implies that you're giving something. It also implies that you're in that relationship for something more than just purely uh, pragmatic and utilitarian purposes. Uh, I, I'm in a relationship with somebody because I see them as a person who is valuable intrinsically because they're a person, not because of what they can do for me. And that's in a, in a good relationship, I'm primarily looking to see how I can serve that other person. And in a community, I'm recognizing that we exist in the same space and therefore uh, we want to work together for the betterment of our environment. I mean, I mean, environment, whatever sort of situations you're in. So when I talk about, you know, participating in a community, I talk about ways that I can help people and I can serve people and I can make our community more beautiful or I can make things easier for somebody and all those kinds of things. And then I have an expectation that when I have a need, I can turn around and find that the community will meet that need as well. But it's very much a two-way street and it's based on the intrinsic value of the person, not on what they can do for me. And that's really related deeply to what we do in Unbound because what we teach is one of our primary values, uh, our two values is that one is a concept of the Imago Dei. Everybody we see is made in the image of God. And so therefore, we don't have this option of seeing somebody as a utilitarian 
tool to use for our own advancement. We have to see them as made in the image of God. And that has a totally different than perspective in how we see them. And second, that we live quorum Deo, which is a, a, a Latin phrase that means we live in the presence of God. And so there is no point where I'm dealing with somebody when God is not also present in that relationship. And so if that is the case, how do I approach somebody with the full function of networking with them, which is basically to use them as a means to my own end? I'm not fully seeing them as made in the image of God. I'm just seeing them as a means to my end. And I'm not fully recognizing I'm living quorum Deo. Would I actually treat that person that way if God was standing beside me, which in fact, we believe as Christians, he actually is. Um, and if that's the case, then what would I do? Well, I would see them as made in the image of God, and I would think first and foremost of how I could be as Christ to them. And now everything about their relationship has changed. Uh, and so that's a great question, Jace. I hope that gives some idea of the way I would think about that and approach them. Yeah. So to summarize, saying that networking is looking for friends in high places with an emphasis on the high places and community and relationships is more about looking for friends to be friendly to um, because they're um, made in the image of God and worthy of that respect. Right. And I think that there's a intrinsic rebellion against celebrity that comes to this as well with your high places statement there, Jace. Yeah. I think that there's this sense that like, if I get to rub shoulders with the powerful people, then I somehow become powerful. And that's not untrue. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not acknowledging, I'm not stating that's not the case. I just am not so sure that it's worth the price. Uh, some of you who have listened to us for a while uh, have know that we've had Nathan Rittenhouse come speak at uh, Apex and things like that. And Nathan Rittenhouse and Cameron McAllister have a podcast called Thinking Out Loud. And I was listening to Thinking Out Loud together. And uh, I was, excuse me, I was, listening to, I was listening to Thinking Out Loud recently. And it was an older episode. So I was catching up on some long past episodes. So this, you have to go back in the catalog to find this. And um, they were discussing Will Smith's apology after the you know, infamous slap, right? And uh, they had a really interesting discussion, but it got me thinking as I was walking down with the river listening to this podcast that, um, you know, if I met Will Smith, the biggest compliment I could pay to him is not acknowledge that he's famous. That I would just be like, it's good to meet you, Mr. Smith. What do you do? And I don't think you should say, what do you do? Because that would be a willful act of kind of, you know, falsehood, right? Uh, but just to take him face value, as, as just a person that I met for the first time, because indeed, I know nothing about him. I, I think that whatever is represented on, on the media is a caricature in some fashion and form. Uh, I could be wrong, could be right, it could be, I, I have no idea, right? Um, but if I just met you randomly, gentle listener who's listening to this, right, uh, I would have to learn who you are. And, and, and you would not want me to judge you on some sort of biased report in any direction necessarily. And I wouldn't think the same of you either, right? And so I was just thinking that, you know, I think that there's this distance from celebrity that's important for us to maintain in the sense that we see somebody, I don't see them as this is a famous person, famous actor, most powerful person, whatever. This is somebody made in the image of God. Consequently, they are of infinite value and they also are, are not somebody that I need to bow before just because of their worldly position because we both bow to a bigger king. So that's a little bit off of the subject of networking, but I do think it's connected because I think it's that attitude that ultimately allows us to see relationships and connections in a much more holistic and a much healthier attitude. And if we do that, I think we end up building those connections and networks in a way that actually allows us to serve other people, which is the point, and puts us in a position where we can be served, which ultimately allows us to do more than we could by ourselves. Victoria, you had some emphatic nods there. 
And so you should probably pick it up from here and, and add your uh, two cents or more. No, I I was just resonating with the, uh, well, what you're saying when it comes to kind of the infatuation that so many young adults have with celebrity and particularly as, you know, you're, you're young, you're excited, you're hungry, right? And you see, you see opportunities and people and you're trying to sort out what's actually important and how do I, you know, pursue the kind of life that I want. And it is, I think, very easy to kind of settle into what will advance me, what will advance my career, especially you know, you're having to put so much energy and legwork to move ahead. And it's easy to kind of shift motivations. I mean, that was right, you know, in, in your description right now and differentiation between networking and community and relationships, which I really appreciated. One of the biggest differences there is motivation. And so it's, am I coming into this to serve somebody and how am I, you know, what kind of person am, am I being here and not just in there to get something out of it. And when we network at college, I mean, network as young professionals, it's very easy to go into it with the, what can I get out of it? Or even what can I get out of this for my company? You know, it's kind of a, a slightly different take on that instead of how can I serve? How can I show up here um, and just be very, very genuine about what I'm doing? And so kind of think that that genuine element is also what's often missing. You know, you might show up and take someone out for drinks and a round of golf. And then by the end of the day, you've got a business deal. Um, but was there really any genuine service there? So kind of some of the, the thoughts bouncing around as you were talking. Yeah, Victoria, years ago, um, I was working for, a, a, I was a director of missions for a college and uh, came in contact with some folks who were selling a technology solution for admissions and um, got invited to their conference. And so it was an all expenses paid thing. You went down there with a bunch of people. Uh, they had a lot of alcoholic drinks, which didn't help me much since I don't drink alcohol. And they had, uh, they took us to a Braves game and we had the best seats I've ever had at a baseball game and a lot of food and a lot of free stuff and things like that. And, um, and yeah, the, the, the point was absolutely to make us feel connected to them so that we would ultimately purchase their product. Now we did purchase their product and it did help us. Um, and so it was a, a value trade in that sense, but there was also no question that we were being treated that way for a specific reason. And the company was in fact trying to be grown for a specific reason, which was to be sold to make everybody involved in a lot of money. Now I'm a capitalist, so I don't know that there's anything morally wrong with that. They, they delivered what they said that they would deliver. And, um, and so it was, a, it, was, it was a good business transaction. But here's the thing, um, I had no interest in keeping up with them or following up with them. I have no idea where any of them are now. Uh, there was no real relationship there, right? It was it was purely about that. And in the long grand scheme of things, it didn't really make much difference. There, th later in life, I had another opportunity working for a different company uh, to make a bunch of connections with a large company that we were trying to service and add value to. And uh, in that case, uh, we did the same thing. We tried to offer something of value but, you know, when I approached the folks that we were selling these to and the people that manage the small businesses, the part of this bigger corporation or the small of the stores, the part of this bigger corporation, um, you know, I was going in and saying, I have this thing of value. Tell me if this is good for you or not. Tell me how we change it and all those kinds of things. And we had success with that uh, product going out there. But here's the interesting thing. I still know most of those people. I still follow up with them. I still talk to some of them and we continue to have an ongoing relationship. Uh, that has ultimately been tremendously more important and tremendously more valuable than the former relationship, right? So the first one was an, an absolute masterclass in effective corporate networking, right? Um, the second one was an experience in relationships. Both of them wound up getting the same thing functionally in terms of developing new business. 
One, though, pays dividends way into the future in ways that the first never can. And that's kind of the the point that the difference between networking and relationship. I think that your first example there of, you know, the Braves game and going out and all this different stuff. I think that's an excellent example of what you were talking about at the beginning, where you said, you know, it's not that networking doesn't work functionally, like from a worldly success point, it's that you may not like what you find when you get there when you're talking about, you know, feeling used and feeling like, you know, I'm I'm here because of my connections to my school. I'm not here because these people actually care. Yeah, I mean, you can, and it does. It doesn't take much to understand this, right? I mean, when you think about, you know, the people that you meet at a networking event, um, uh, you know, the, there are people that are only in that relationship for as long as there is something in it for them. And uh, you know, you see, there's a lot of celebrity, right? There's people that are only famous, you know, friends with you because you're famous. Um, and so that there is a definite connector piece there. And then you contrast that to like your neighbors or your members of your family or your church. And there's a whole different set there. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody that you're in business with, you have to make family or treat like members of your church. There are distinctives in those communities, right? And so there's definitely different, I don't know about sets of rules, but there's different emphasis and things like that. And so I'm no way thinking that we blur those distinctions. But yet, I think there ought to be a genuineness that crosses across all of those, right? Um, you know, the people in our church we see is made in the image of God. And the people in my family I see is made in the image of God. And my neighbor I see is made in the image of God. And the people I work with and the people I have professional contact with I see is made in the image of God. That's a non-negotiable across all of those. And therefore, there is some universality into the way I treat each of those people because of that baseline. Um, now, different emphasis, right? I don't necessarily have a Bible study with my neighbors or the people I work with. Uh, well, I sometimes do with the people I work with, but I mean, it's not always the same thing in a corporate setting, right? Um, and so there's different actions that take place in these places, and that's fine. Um, but, but still, to have that baseline, um, and I think networking often sort of throws out a lot of that stuff and says, you know, hey, we're just going to we're just going to lean into this for the functional gain I can get out of it. Yeah, I think it's interesting in my experience in past jobs, the people that I've kept in contact with, even after having left the company, the people I continue to get contacted by and I continue to contact. It's interesting that we had a little bit of that shared faith value of prioritizing community, prioritizing relationships, understanding the image of God. Um, understanding the, the individual value. Um, and not that the, the folks at these other companies that I'd worked with previously didn't understand that or that, you know, they were all trying to use people, not making that uh, conclusion, but th- there was a, a difference between a really closely connected community, um, that worked together and that we were working at the same company, working for the same goal, but we had this kind of common understanding amongst each other that, we all had lives outside of that. We all had, um, we were people outside of that, that it wasn't just, we weren't just a, a list of skills on a resume, um, but that we were real people. And as a result, even after I left that company, you know, I would still, you know, get texts from my old boss or I would still text him and just say, Hey, how's it going? Um, and to, to pull this back into the, you know, the networking question, there have been times when he's contacting me about doing uh, work for his clients. You know, um, if he needs a little bit of extra work done, he'll say, "Hey, can you help?" Um, and so, when we think of networking as, "Oh, I got a network, so I have um, you know a professional network with connections that people will hire me," um, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting that right when I was building that relationship with him, but it just kind of happened. 
Um, whereas in previous positions where that hasn't really been an emphasis, where it has just been show up and work, this is your job, this is what you do. Um, and there has been a stronger emphasis on, Hey, when we go to this, uh, you know, conference or whatever, everyone's, you know, go in with different connections when you got to connect with so-and-so and, you know, have your list or whatever. Um, I haven't had the same kind of history with them and, um, you know, kind of as once you leave the company, you just kind of leave. Um, and so I've noticed a distinction there and a difference between some of those different companies that I've had the chance to work with in the past of how that networking or connection um, was treated in the moment when I was working for them and then kind of how it looked after I left. And uh, it's an interesting kind of correlation, I guess. Interesting thought on that, Jace, as you were, you were talking, I was kind of thinking through some of my own experiences with that and what you were saying about continuing relationships after working somewhere definitely resonates a lot. Um, I think in all of the the situations where I can kind of go back through, you know, and think about places where I've gotten jobs, it's almost always through a connection, not even of somebody who is currently at the company, but somebody who had worked for a company before and had a great relationship with them. And so in that sense, you know, looking at community is kind of a broader thing. You know, your connections, Jace, might genuinely bless me because you were, you know, faithful in terms of serving them and, you know, showing up and being, you know, the kind of person that, like you said, went deeper than just skills on a resume. Um, you know, even down the road, you know, you might be working for a company that, uh, you know, is not even, you know, directly related, but still have ties to an old one. Maybe, you know, I come to you and say, hey, do you know something? It, you know, those those genuine connections can still benefit and bless other people, even, you know, months, weeks, years after you've left one position and moved on to something else. Kind of the the community that can kind of keep giving in that sense because of the way that you existed in it before. Yeah, that's a good point, Victoria. And I don't necessarily want to imply that um, it's wrong or unhelpful to intentionally try to build relationships that lead to some of those opportunities. Um, but I think one thing that I found is that there's a difference between saying, oh, I want this position at this company. I really got to kind of have to cozy up to somebody in that company and, and get to know them. And so I have a kind of an inside, you know, path. And I think there's a difference between that and um, building relationships with people who have a wide variety or a diverse variety of connections and then being vulnerable enough in those kinds of communities to express your need. And so like job searching is, is kind of a, a perfect example of this, right? Where if you approach job searching as I have to find a professional network, meaning I have to connect with, you know, if somebody posts a job on LinkedIn, I have to go and connect with them on LinkedIn and send them a message and, you know, Hey, I introduced myself. And, and once again, not saying that that's wrong, but there, there's kind of that approach. And then there's the approach of, you know, let me build a community of people that I care about far, far above and beyond work or a job. Um, but that who can help me to maybe open up some doors for me if I ever need a job, right? So I come in hard times or whatever, I lose my job. And then now I have a whole community of people who I say, Hey, does anybody have, um, any connections with anybody, any opportunities that you know of? And, um, and one thing I found with just, you know, the community, um, that, that I have now is that there are, there are people. Um, and I think Jonathan, you're a great example of this is before I've worked at Unbound, there have been a lot of opportunities that you've, um, pointed me towards just based on the people that you knew. And it wasn't that I was trying to build a relationship with you to get access to your network or anything like that. But it was just one of those things where 
um, you know, we were in a relationship, we were in a community and you were helping me out. I needed a job and you knew people who were looking to hire. And so there was an, a, a willingness on your part to say, Hey, let me introduce you to some people. And so in, in that sense, it was more of a passive thing on my part. I wasn't necessarily right trying to, to get close to you or close to anybody else in particular for the express purpose of finding a job. But as a result of that relationship, it still led to some connections. And so, um, I think when we talk about this, it can be easy to kind of, you know, poo poo networking and say, Oh, well, you know, you really don't want to network. Um, the, the truth is it is important to have personal connections and that is a super powerful thing. I think what we're saying is it's the way you go about doing that is, um, really important. And it is the difference between being self-serving or being others focused and relationship oriented. Yeah. I think it's a great point, Chase. I think there's a story that I heard that, um, I think is really a fascinating kind of example of this. Um, some of you may know Joel Salatin who runs Polyface Farms and, uh, he lives uh, somewhat close to where I live. And, uh, he, I've heard him tell this story several times, um, at, at so, sometimes when he, I've been at Polyface and, uh, he says, uh, that there was a, a lady that bought their um, eggs and their chicken and some bought per- and st- bought stuff from them. And uh, she was talking one day and she said, yeah, she said, my neighbor came over and uh, I they had, you know, I had the eggs or something. I forget what she'd sampled of polyface. And she just really, really loved it. And she wanted to know where, where I got it from. And I almost told her, but then my neighbor's an interesting person and, I just want to tell you, I didn't tell her where I got it and I didn't recommend you because I didn't think you needed that kind of stress in your life. <laughs> and so, and Joel said, that's when you know you've arrived. When your, when your customers care enough about you to not recommend the customer that they know is going to cause you a lot of stress in your life. And he uses this kind of like, you know, counterintuitive story, right? I mean, like, he's like, oh yeah, you want the sale. And this lady was like, not from this person. Like, like that's the sale is probably not worth the baggage that comes with it. And uh, that's a really interesting illustration of what we're talking about here, right? Uh, I mean, like a network person will say, oh yeah, I know so-and-so, Jace does marketing, you should hire him, right? Uh, a relationship will say, uh, don't work for that person, don't hire that person, that's not a good fit. But this person, now I'm telling you, don't interview anybody else, this is the person that you need for it. I- I'm telling you as a personal friend, this is going to be a blessing to you and a blessing to them and a blessing to me. This is going to be a three-way blessing if you hire this person because you're going to love it, they're going to love it, and I'm going to love the fact that I put you together. Um, and that's a whole different ball game than just somebody's like, oh yeah, I picked, I met that dude at a cocktail party one time. And so I should just pass on the name because then I'm getting a little bit of capital from this person, uh, but they don't have that sort of level of depth there, but it's longer, right? It, it takes longer to build those relationships and it's harder. And so, and especially here now, this is a big deal for students from, you know, if you're a student listening to this, it takes a while to build up some capital, right? You're going to spend a lot of time feeling like you're going nowhere, serving everybody, uh, you know, using, leveraging your free time and your energy to do a bunch of p- things for people that probably don't pay you as much as you're worth. Um, but when it does start to pay off, it's like compound interest, right? <laughs> it goes fast. I mean, it's an investment that grows. It takes a while to grow, but when it starts to grow, it doubles down on itself. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those kinds of, uh, Christian paradoxes, right? If you do it because you're trying to get the compound interest at the end, it's probably not going to work. If you do it because you see somebody's made in the image of God and you're doing it to genuinely serve that person, uh, the results will probably astound you. Uh, and you know, like all sinful people, we fall off the wagon on both ends of that sometime. But to remember that what you're striving for is to serve others. And that's the big deal. 
uh, that can kind of put a whole different light on this. I'm not going to network. I'm going to see how many people I can serve. I'm seeing how many people I can help. Hello, this is Abe with a quick interruption to the show to tell you about our online event coming up very soon, the What's Next Launch with Confidence. This is a three-week online live event that focuses on applicable principles, true stories, and interactive models for easing the transition from childhood to young adulthood for both parents and their students. So this event will run from October 3rd to the 21st this year. Sessions will be held live Zoom on Zoom on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Recordings of all the sessions will be available through October 31st. And this event especially is geared towards both parents and high school students who are looking for what is next, how to move forward again with confidence into the next stage of life. If you're interested, please go to the website and check out uh, more information here at beunbound.us forward slash launch. That is beunbound.us forward slash launch. And now back to the show. We might turn a corner here in this conversation a little bit and just also talk about the fact that when it comes to Ascend, um, one of the things that we might point out is that this network, which we would consider more of a community, right? This is the primary advantage of the program. And with that idea of serving and with that kind of attitude, we might suggest that the reason that Ascend is as valuable as it is for the people participating in it is because of the level of the person that's in it. And that may be worth thinking about in terms of, you know, not networking as a verb, like going to meet people, but what community are you joining? So uh, this morning, uh, I was uh, at had coffee, or actually, he had coffee and I had tea with this guy, and we were. He's an administrator for a local Christian school, and uh, he was kind of saying something that that I've said a lot too. But it was interesting the way he said it. He said he, he gets so frustrated with people that make decisions about, particularly colleges and universities, um, that have to do with. Uh, you know, does this have the right major or does this have the right name or does this have the right? And he says, really, there's only one question that is important here. And the question is, does this have the right community? Because whatever else you think you're going to get from the organization and from that experience, it's the community that's going to be the one that lasts. And and you will and and I, we had somebody that uh, several of us worked with earlier that used to have a saying that he'd use all the time. He says you are the average of the five people that are closest to you. And so uh, you know there may be some exceptions to that, but most of us that's actually the case. And so when you're thinking about networking, or in our case, you're thinking about community, it really is essential to ask this question, right? Let's look at five people of the community I'm entering. Would I like to be the average of that or not? And one of the things that we get most excited about with Ascend is that we can pretty emphatically say, randomly draw five people out of our community out of a hat. And I think you're going to be pretty excited about the possibility of you being an average of those folks. Uh, and, and so that intentional curation, if you will, uh, of people who have similar values and beliefs and an attitude of, of getting things done and a focus on uh, thinking outside the box, but a focus on working hard, uh, you put those people together and the sum is always much greater uh, than the individual parts. And, and that's a really exciting part of becoming part of a community and, and what that really means. That is a really cool illustration of what you're talking about. And uh, I 
for one thing, would just like to have a note of appreciation of the fact that I forgot I was hosting for quite a while here because you all have just continued the conversation wonderfully, and it's been uh, just a pleasure to listen in. But uh, Jonathan, you touched a little bit on something that I would like to really dive into here before we wrap up the episode, and that is I really think that I, at least listening into this, have gotten a much better picture of what building community and relationships uh, looks like rather than uh, building networking. And so for a student, for a young college-aged person, what does it look like? How do you actually practically start into building and cultivating community and relationships and not necessarily networking? How do you start doing that? Yeah, so you've heard us say this many, many times, and if you stick around us, we'll say it so many times that you get sick of it. When you get sick of it, that's when it starts to stick in your head, and that's what we're trying to uh, achieve here. But uh, this idea of being extraordinary at the ordinary, right? Uh, look, right now, right now, you have ordinary relationships. And so the question to ask is, how can you be extraordinary at those relationships? I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what kind of relationships you're talking about. And I don't know who you're talking about being in a relationship with and all those kinds of things. And I don't know what extraordinary looks like, depending on what's going on there. But the concept is, who do you know right now? And what is the best way to serve them and be extraordinary in that relationship? And first of all, that will lead to other relationships and all those things. But, but the point here is that it is building experience and it is practicing and building skill that you're going to then transfer to other relationships as they come along. And now here's where it kind of gets cool being people of faith, right? I, I, would, I would go a step further and say that if you double down to being extraordinary at your ordinary relationships right now, then you don't have to spend a lot of time stressing out about how to build the next level of relationships. Instead, you need to continue to live your life and you need to lean into what's next and you need to make the ask good questions, make the wisest decisions possible about your future. Think about the kinds of communities you're entering, uh, surround yourself with people that you'd like to be the average of and use the things, the skills that you already built and being extraordinary to the ordinary. And I say that ordinary, you know, there are no ordinary relationships, right? I mean, everybody's made in the image of God and that's an extraordinary thing. Uh, but but then, you know, that skill and experience is going to transfer and, and do the same thing with the next people and the next and the next and the next. And then trust God to bring into your life the people that you need to be in contact with. You don't have to stress out about that. You don't have to lay in bed and agonize about what kind of networking event you're supposed to be at or what kind of specific community you should do. Um, instead, you know, Make the best decisions you have in front of you that are in front of you. Serve the people as well as you can that are in front of you. Be extraordinary at that. And uh, what we would say is that eventually the extraordinary becomes ordinary, right? For relationships, for life, and for whatever else you're doing. So that would be my response, David, in terms of like this practical get off your seat and do it right now. Like when I finish this podcast and walk out of this room and out of my office and the rest of my house, there will be children and my wife out there who are my ordinary you know, in massive quotes here, uh, relationships. And I have an opportunity to be extraordinary at those. And that's going to be more important than anything else I can do. And certainly more important than a so-called networking super tactic. Yeah, I think that is incredibly practical and uh, very helpful. And uh, Victoria, Jace, do either of you have uh, some of your own perspectives on this? I think the only thing I might uh, add to that, Jonathan, I think you hit the the heart and the most important here. So just you know, something else to keep in mind as a young person, don't be afraid to ask, be humble enough to ask for help and to ask people, you know, 
So I was born right near the the tail end of the millennial generation. And something that millennials and Gen Zs and so on are are kind of renowned in a bad way uh, for is not being willing to get connected in the first place and not being willing to ask. And sometimes indeed not even knowing to ask. And so as we've talked about, you know, the importance of community, Jonathan just talked about pouring into your ordinary relationships and showing up there and being faithful. That alone sets you apart from most of the rest of your generation, right? But but in addition to that, also be humble enough to look around and see where your gaps are and see who might be able to help you and be willing to ask them because that's that's a huge key to this as well as having the humility to be able to step into that. Yeah, that's great, Victoria. You know, one thing I would add to what both of you guys have said is um, just from from Mark ten forty five, Jesus says that um, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. And so um, think of the the scene in the upper room where he's washing his disciples' feet, and he says, "You call me Lord, and you do well because that's that's who I am. I am your Lord. I am your King." but I'm also the one washing your feet. And so you also wash other people's feet as well. You wash each other's feet. And so I think there's a, you know, when we're talking about serving others and building relationships, and especially with this emphasis on service, um, there can almost be this temptation to think that, you know, okay, as a young person, I'm going to have to do a lot of serving other people. And, um, and then I'll build relationships and community. And then one day that will come back um, to bless me. And it certainly will. I think the the more we serve others, the more we are blessed. Um, but I don't think that there's a, there's a deadline for that. I think that that's something that we continue to, um, live out for the rest of our lives, right? So if you think that there's ever a, a point in time where, um, you know, I can stop serving and other people start serving me, um, when I reach a certain age or when I reach a certain seniority, you know, level in the company or whatever, I think I would strongly encourage you to, to not think that way, but rather to think, how can I continue to serve all the way through? Um, and how can I create a, a mindset that doesn't just look at the end result of, okay, once I've arrived at a certain place, I can switch tactics or switch strategies or switch different things. But this is really something that whether you're a young person or you're, you know, a senior executive, um, at a company that you've been at for 30, 40 years, that this community and relationships idea and, and, um, model is something that is helpful and should be something that you're continuing to put into practice throughout your life. I add one thing here, David, which is uh, the day we're recording this, uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article that dropped um, that just doubled down on the damage of social media and especially its influence on Gen Z, which is magnified through the pandemic. And, um, and the basic conclusion is that face-to-face interpersonal skills um, are just in a nosedive off of a cliff into the canyon of doom. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's uh, not a direct quote from the Wall Street Journal, by the way, but, but I mean, it just, just the absolute extraordinary rapid decline of ability for face to face contact. And, and you cannot go to any institution in our world at this point and not find people who say that. Now, look, there's bad news there, but there's another side of this coin. Think about the absolutely stunning colossal opportunity. If you're a young person listening to this, just, just just stop for a second and realize if you are willing to do a basic human thing that humans have been able to do since humans were created by God, which is to relate to one another face to face, you now have this extraordinary opportunity. It's like if you would just breathe, you would be able to do better than everybody else. That seems like something cool I could do, right? I mean, like, and so if you're just willing to lean into this, 
And so to back up what Jay said in terms of, uh, you know, to serve, not to, to, to not to be served, um, let me sort of flip something for you. And let me just ask you a question to measure this right now. Take out a piece of paper or a phone, if that's what you want to do, right? And write down how many people would you drop everything to go rescue right now? How many people, if they called you right now and said they were three states away and their car was broken down and they were out of money and they needed rescue, would you stop, take the penalty for whatever it cost you from your job, rearrange your schedule, get out your car keys or borrow your parents' car, put the key in the ignition and drive three states away and say, I'm there. Just just hang tight. I'm on the way. I'll get there as fast as the interstate will allow me. And, and that's a pretty good measure of your network, your community, right? When, when you know, if, if you're not, if you've got very low numbers there, you have an opportunity before you. And if you have very high numbers there, you don't need to listen to a podcast on networking. You've already got figured out. Uh, and, and if you're looking for extraordinary opportunity in the world you live in right now, learn how to serve other people and to do it face to face. I think those kinds of opportunities are like silver platter stuff, right? Like, like, look at that. Look, look at what an enormous possibility you have there, not only to help other people, but ultimately, uh, to, you know, if to set yourself apart. And, and why would you not take that and the ability to serve others in an extraordinary way? Yeah, absolutely. That is a fantastic perspective to have on that to bring us to a close on what has been i think one of the best discussions that we have had on unbound talks uh since we have started the series uh uh, just to summarize at least what i have heard from listening to this discussion is that networking as most people understand it is a mindset of looking to build connections so that you can reach a higher status in your social or career life. And the way that we here in Unbound wants to look at that sort of general concept is that it's not about networking so that you can get to a higher position. What we find much more valuable is developing and cultivating relationships and community that are based around genuine service to other people, to see other people not as opportunities with flesh, but as real people with souls and value that we can serve and have the opportunity to grow alongside of. And those kinds of opportunities are all around us. Uh, just being able to invest in the people that maybe aren't necessarily the highest ranking or aren't the most career beneficial people, but are the people that we can grow alongside of and will ultimately be there for us and we can be there for uh, ultimately not out of a service of ourselves, but ultimately out of a developing a community that we're all able to be there for each other. Once again, thank you so much for listening and joining us for this discussion. I hope this this is a inspiration for you to go out and continue to build meaningful relationships. I just once again want to plug the website if you want to learn more about Unbound, beunbound.us. We mentioned the launch uh, event earlier, um, the online event, three weeks with launching with confidence. Please do check that out at beunbound.us forward slash launch. 
And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Be Unbound podcast, last week for Unbound Conversations, Abe and I were joined by Paul Hastings, which was a phenomenal conversation about amazing Christian stories. Would highly recommend checking that one out. And if you would like to join us next week, we are going to be having an episode of Unbound Pursuits, where we are joined by several Unbound alumni who have gone into the field of marketing and will be sharing their experience experience in Unbound as well as in that professional field. So once again, thank you all so much for listening and joining us today. And as always, be Unbound. <laughs>